This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 365. It's so powerful to just get to the point where you can say, oh, am I a judger? But the key is to ask the question non-judgmentally. And at the point where we do that, then we've liberated ourselves from judger enough to be able to make a learner choice if we want to and to switch our questions. And it's in a way almost like noticing what's there and then noticing how we can change it. And in the world of results, and I know that's a big deal for you and the work that you do, imagine the different results that are possible personally and professionally from judger and from learner. And it's like night and day. That was award-winning author, coach educator, and executive coach herself, Dr. Marilee Adams, sharing one aspect of question thinking. We dive into so much in this interview that's going to help you be a effective coach partner, leader, question asker. So join us in this episode of The Star Coach Show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the show. It is wonderful to have you here. And I hope that your day is going incredibly well uh, and, and that good things are happening. Good things are happening for you now because you're here for this episode. And I got to tell you, it is an incredible episode uh, because I am with somebody that I've looked up to for years. Her book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life, has been in my library as long as I've been a coach. So these past 15 years and could have easily and should have been on my bookshelf when I was a therapist as well. Dr. Marilee Adams is an award-winning author and a pioneer in the fields of inquiry-based coaching, leadership, and organizational effectiveness. She's an executive coach. She's a coach educator, a keynote speaker, and the originator of the question thinking methodologies. So we've had some shows before about how important it is to have a methodology, to have something that you bring forward for your clients, for your own mindset and exploration that helps you create a path forward for your clients that makes sense. And I've got to say, Marilee's choice map, which by the way, you could get right now if you wanted to pause this and grab it at inquiryinstitute.com. You pull down and, and grab the choice map. You get a free choice map and it might help you in the exploration through this interview. Although I'll tell you, you could grab it later too, because you don't necessarily need it to be able to get so much out of what Marilee is sharing with us today. So on the Star Coach Show, we dive into an episode every week around what makes us better listener? What helps us partner with our clients in a more impactful way? If we're a leader, how can we lead more effectively? We also look at business building and we look at organizational development and creating healthier organizations through coaching. 
This show today, I would say if I had to pick a category, we're really in the place of strengthening your skills, looking at a methodology to invite your clients into, and the strength of question thinking that really gets us away also of, I have to have the answer for my client. This is a process that will challenge you to get clear about what are the questions that are going on inside yourself, as well as what are the questions that you could pose to your clients to help them evoke additional awareness, make good decisions for themselves, move forward in that direction. Dr. Adams and the Inquiry Institute provide training for coaches, leaders, and teams in the question thinking methodologies. And we're definitely talking question thinking today. They have worked with clients across the world, high-powered organizations that are are changed because they are changing the questions they ask and examining in and out in the organization. Like myself, uh, Dr. Adams is an MSW, and then she has her PhD in clinical psychology from Fielding Graduate Institute. She is so generous in her information in this interview. I am so excited to introduce you to Dr. Marilee Adams. I'll see you on the other side. Dr. Marilee Adams, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am really happy to be here. We've had such good conversations before, and I expect we're just going to take off from there. And I uh, think that that is, a, we were just talking about not making assumptions, but I think that's a good assumption to make. We are going to take off and we are going to have a lovely ride and, and have so many of you listening join us on this ride. I've got to say that I'm in this joy of of talking with you this morning. Your book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life, has been a stable of mine in my coaching library. I don't believe I found it when I was a therapist, but I had found it about 15 years ago when I became a coach. And we're going to be using that as a resource in our talk together today. So one of the things we want to let our listeners know is that they can go to your website and download the map. So why don't you tell a little bit about the resource and where they can locate it? Right. So there is a an illustration in Change Your Questions called the Choice Map. And the choice map is a a visual representation, almost a summary, really, of the book. And it has it, it it shows that we all have two different mindsets, that we always are thinking with questions, and that the questions we ask are influenced by the mindset that we're in. So it helps people identify very quickly where they are, where they might want to be if they're not where they are and how they can get there, and also the consequences of staying where they are if they aren't ready to switch yet. The choice map is sort of like a North Star. I've actually gone back to companies where I work, like I did something at NASA a long time ago. Then I went back a few years later. No, actually, maybe eight years later. People still had the choice map on their walls because they found it so useful. It is so useful. So that is actually why we made it available on our website for no fee, 
because people found it so useful. And also, it's a good summary of the work, and it really does um, elevate people's curiosity, and not only curiosity in general, but curiosity about how can I use this to, for a benefit. So just one thing, you go to the website, it's inquiryinstitute.com. You'll take a short survey, and then the choice map is yours for personal use, of course. And right. uh, and actually, uh, one of the reasons that we did that originally was for coaching, because so much coaching takes place virtually these days. And if the coach and the client both have a choice map in front of them, they can use it as a learning tool to launch a conversation about goals, about situations, about dilemmas. It turns out to be really, really useful for coaching. And also, since we're talking about how to use it, when I taught leadership for 10 years at American University, and I teach it in general, and all of that work on leadership was also organized around the choice map. So it is a multi-purpose sort of tool. And no. when you say for personal use, you're not saying that the, the the coaches who are listening couldn't use it with their clients and no, no, they get should. their clients to download it as well. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. then they have something in common that will make it easier actually at any phase of the coaching process. Right. So once again, that's inquiryinstitute.com. And, and that's uh, Marilee's website. That's where you can see all sorts of wonderful things, but you can get the choice map. And so Marilee just held it up for those people who are seeing this on YouTube. You saw it. And, the, and those of you who are listening, you can certainly listen while even without the choice map, although you might want to pause this download the choice. It's really up to you, but we're going to be leaning into question thinking. And first of all, what an incredible even topic for coaches and leaders and everybody who's listening, who, if if you're out there and you engage with other human beings, then you're in the right <laughs> spot. So let's start with just how would you, where would you want to begin when we think about the concept of question thinking? Well. Let's do it in a couple of different layers, mm-hmm. because when people hear about questions, naturally, they assume interpersonal questions. You know, we I ask you, you ask me, we've been doing it all of our lives. And of course, I am. What's deeper and also influential in the questions we ask others and how we communicate with others are the questions we're asking ourselves, which are usually not visible to us. But when we discover that we're literally asking ourselves questions all the time, which I'll illustrate in a moment, then what we can start to do is get curious about what are the questions I'm asking? Are they useful or not useful? And if different questions would be more useful what will it take me to change my questions? Ooh, but so that was just those questions are juicy. Oh, questions are typically juicy. <laughs> well, most questions, not all questions. Right. So it's, it's really very exciting to me to discover this whole terrain 
this whole huge landscape that's typically not visible, but once you're aware of it, you can start taking advantage of it. And then it provides so many points of intervention. And of course, not only are coaches asking themselves questions all the time, so are your clients. So the choice map in all of this work can help both of you identify the questions that the client is asking that either helps or doesn't. And the questions are in or on the choice map. There are little figures on there with thought bubbles. And the questions in the thought bubbles are all questions to ask oneself. And that's how we increase our awareness of what is happening. Because often those questions we're asking ourselves are kind of flying under the radar, that we're not tuned into them, yet they're so powerful. That's right. And they will always do their work, whether we're aware of them or not. So how much more powerful can we be if we awake that awareness, as you said, and then really it provides um, content for self-reflection in a way that's actionable. And I've, I've done this with so many thousands of people over all these years, and it's it's the most fun I have, at least professionally. <laughs> to watch when people wake up to it and go, oh my gosh, that's really true. I really do that. I can do something about it. It comes with the territory of recognizing question thinking. And that concept of choice, you actually have a quote in one of, uh, in your book, The Art of the Question, which I was telling you is one of my very favorite books of yours, that I'm just going to share the quote, if it's okay with you, because it, it I'd love, and it says, personal power becomes most possible when people recognize that they make choices every moment and that they have the ability to exercise much more control over the choices they make Mm -hmm. when we have the awareness of what's driving those choices. What are the questions we're asking ourselves? What are we responding to? And that, that concept of personal power and the choices that we make I find that we as human beings kind of give our power away at times without realizing it because we're all caught up in this spin around the questions we're asking ourselves that we're not aware of. So what are your thoughts about that? Oh, how many hours do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a useful quote. It's, It's related to what I said earlier, that there is this whole landscape that we're typically not aware of. That doesn't mean it's not there. It means we're not aware. And when we become aware, all these possibilities show up that weren't there before, and they become obvious. And it's so fascinating to me. My company is Inquiry Institute. We do courses teaching people this material. And the people who are in their longest program, which is six months, to watch their growing awareness and facility with what they're aware of is so you used the word joy before. It is the most fun to watch that unfolding. It really is. Um, And that reminds me, it's a slight sidebar, but I wanted to Mm -hmm. remember to say this, that part of my philosophy of coaching is, for me, I feel a responsibility not just to work with people and facilitate, but also to educate so that when they're finished their formal coaching engagement, they continue to self-coach and have the tools to help them with that. And the choice map is a huge boost for that. So I, I want my clients 
to not only make great progress, but in whatever they came to coaching for, but I want them empowered to use what they learned forever and to keep accelerating that learning. Absolutely. I tell my clients, my job is to work myself out of a job with you, to, to you know, move you into the place where you're asking yourselves these questions and you're, and you're like you said, self-coaching. So what are some of the questions that we might ask ourselves to begin to raise that awareness? Instead of answering that question directly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to do a very, very quick exercise with you, which is also for your listeners, Mm -hmm. so they can experience the mindsets and the questions together and notice the impact of them. Love it. Because that will be more influential and beneficial, I think, than just hearing it cognitively. So uh, just take as as fact that my my model has two mindsets in it and i'll explain them after we do these questions and then it'll all come together Sounds so good. the first set of questions and so meg you're going to do this and then report out what, what your experience is the first set of questions is hmm, what's wrong with me why do i have such bad luck how did i get stuck with this colleague or this boss or this adolescent? (laughs) Haven't we been there, done that? Why is everybody around me so stupid and clueless? Why bother? And the impact on you is? I felt a heaviness. I felt the joy that I had just talked about earlier begin to drain I started to look for situations where I feel that way. I almost sunk deeper and deeper into my chair, felt felt my breath was harder to kind of draw in and literally felt sort of like a, a like a black blanket kind of come down over me as you were sharing those. That's pretty dramatic. And you know what? So fascinating, not different. From I've done this with thousands of people in workshops and even in keynotes all over the world, and they have the same response you just had. Mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming that you, like all those people, would like a different set of questions. I Could I please have a different set of questions? <laughs> yes. And so can everybody. That's the point. So the different set of questions. What just happened? What do I want? What are my goals? What would be valuable to learn from this person or situation? What is the other person thinking, feeling, and wanting? What are some best steps forward? What's possible? So as you were saying those things, I often say to the coaches that I work with and even my clients, you know, we we when our aperture is really, really small, not much fits in there. And literally when you were saying that, I just felt from from the place that I had gotten to this place, as you every question you asked sort of opened up and expanded my thinking, it expanded, the joy kind of came back in again, and I began to look at possibility. Excellent. And again, that's exactly the experience that people have when I do that. Many thousands of people. So, Let's assume now we have two mindsets. The first is called judger. That was the first set of questions that are pretty much outlined on the choice map. And the second mindset is learner. Actually, it should be the first. So, and the thing is, we all have both and we always will. 
and notice that the mindsets are driven by questions. There are statements possible too, but they're driven by questions and we feel unconsciously having to answer questions. So if we are asking ourselves judger questions, we're going to come up with judger answers that make us feel worse. Right. The same thing with learner. The beauty of it is when you can see the questions, you can choose. And if you can't see the questions, if you're not aware of them, you don't have a, you don't have a tool that can help you discern what's going to make a difference. And you just so, sort of kind of get caught in the river of it, right? You're just down, exactly. you're just down all caught in the current. Well, exactly. And also remember, both sets of questions we all ask. Every single one of us. And if you think of the questions as being sort of like we're pulling puppet strings, Mm -hmm. if we're we're in judger, then that's where we're going to go. And if we are in learner, that's where we're going to go. And it's so powerful to just get to the point where you can say, oh, am I a judger? But the key is to ask the questions non-judgmentally. And at the point where we do that, then we've liberated ourselves from judger enough to be able to make a learner choice if we want to and to switch our questions. And it's in a way almost like noticing what's there and then noticing how we can change it. And in the world of results, and I know that's a big deal for you and the work that you do, imagine the different results that are possible personally and professionally from judger and from learner. And it's like night and day. Look, so as a, when you coach with people and you're using your choice map, can you give an example of you, you, do you do exactly like what you did with me and read those questions off and ask what the experience was, or can you walk us a little bit more into how you might use this tool in a session? Okay. It depends on whether it's a beginning session or one that's further down the road and um, find it incredibly useful in sessions. That doesn't mean I use it all the time because what a coach does is an assessment moment to moment. What's going to make the biggest difference? Now, pretty often, however, I do introduce it in the beginning Mm -hmm. and I introduce it as this could be a valuable tool for you and a tool for awareness, and we'll explore it together. I do not say this is the best thing since sliced bread. You're going to use it every time. You're you're so, going to have it on your nightstand. You are going to carry it with you to dinner. No, actually, yeah. people do do those things, but, <laughs> but, but you're want, not assigning it to them. No, I want them to explore it for themselves, mm-hmm. to move into it with curiosity about how it could be helpful to them. And then later on, as we get into particular situations or blocks or things that don't work or didn't work, then we can use the choice map to say, let's analyze that situation. Where were you? Which mindset were you in? What questions were you asking when you did or did not do X? Love that. And I want to underline something there too. That agency of self-directedness is baked into it. All the questions are in first person singular because they're questions about ourselves. Well, that's so important because if a person, any person, coach, client, normal human being, isn't 
taking responsibility for their own actions and their own thoughts, then the chance of genuine sustainable change is very low. And so baked into the whole methodology of question thinking is the desire to have that become higher so people can really get what they want and discover what's blocking them with curiosity rather than, damn, I shouldn't have done that. That's right. judging. Shooting all over ourselves never works really well, or shooting on our clients doesn't work either. And in that, I I really want people to hear that insightful challenge that you brought forward in. I will hear from, from coaches who genuinely want to bring value to their clients and, and help their clients make a difference. Well, Meg, if I know what they need to do, why don't I just tell them what they need to do? Why I'm I'm not serving them because I'm not telling them what they need to do. I'm impatient. I want them to do it. I this is a waste of time asking all these questions. <laughs> and I, well, I have many things I think about that, but I'm going to throw it to you. You've got this big smile on your face. You're sort of chuckling about that. And what's coming up for you with that? Oh, many things. More hours. <laughs> First of all, I I don't think the coaching is only questions. So I do want to say that. And that used to be kind of a belief. I I think it's primarily and um, practically. But the question really is, how am I going to communicate in such a way that my client can own what they do and act on it? And that is far more likely to happen if they come up with it themselves. So, I mean, truly, how often do people take advice? Not not so much, really. But if but if I can guide somebody with my questions to come up with something on their own and they have an aha, their energy is released, it's it's targeted, and they're much more likely to act on it, which at the end of the day is really important. And not only that, but they're more likely to own the win. Right. And I want them to own the win. My pearls of wisdom are not important. Their results are important. Their experiences are important. When I also think that if in fact, whatever whatever decision they made and, and movement that they brought forward, if it didn't get the exact result that they thought, they're going to own the learning as well. So it's about learning. It's about thinking about their thinking, right? So exactly. So often we're trying to spoon feed people and our experiences are our, and it's like, where's their, invite them into the learning, invite them into what, what's their thinking. Let me give you a, a kind of funny but concrete example of this, not a coaching example, but it, it was just so funny. Some years back, my husband and I decided to climb Mount Katahdin in Maine, which is the end of the Appalachian Trail. And wow. I'm going to shorten this because it's kind of a long story. Um, but the day that we went up, it was very windy and actually so windy that we weren't sure we were going to be able to go. And but but we did. And some people were climbing down as we were climbing up. And it was a overcast day, very windy, kind of really yucky. And this mother and daughter came down. And of course, we were asking everybody, what's it like up there? And it was so windy that they were putting rocks in the backpacks 
of kids so they wouldn't blow and blow away. Oh my goodness. So this mother and daughter come down and they're looking very glum and annoyed. And I said, you know, what was it like? And the the daughter said, well, we did summit. We made the top, but it was just so windy and dark and we couldn't see anything. And I'm really bummed, basically. <laughs> and really, Meg, I could not help myself. <laughs> I just said to her, well, when you look back on this in five years, what are you going to remember? And she got this huge smile on her face. And she said, I did it. And then she and her mother just walked down the mountain. She didn't know my name. I didn't, I wasn't coaching her. I certainly didn't. But all I did was ask her a question that had her discover what was already true, Right. but she wasn't owning it. And therefore she wasn't benefiting from it. So you shifted my husband. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. (laughs) Why not? Did you see them walk away with a smile instead of the glum? I mean, what a gift, you know? I mean, even it was just a it was a question. And if I had said it to her, like a statement, like Mm -hmm. in five years, you'll probably feel blah, blah, blah. It would have done nothing. She would have been that woman. What does she know? I would did, did. right. So that's the, uh, the an example of the power of a question to shift perspective, to mm-hmm. shift possibility, to shift mood, and people can learn to do this for themselves. And you, as a coach partner, are sort of opening up a new world for them through the question thinking process. I'm actually not opening a world. I'm inviting them to enter a world. Love that. Love that shift. Yeah. And when they say yes, then it's theirs. Right. Because as you've pointed out, it's there. We all have the key and may not be using it. I have a a saying, Mm -hmm. a question not asked is a door not opened. And I think it's in the art of the question, actually. It is. It is. I, I dreamt that. But but if you put that saying in that in the situation I just described to you, right, door would not have been open for her. Right. Well, it was just an innocent question. <laughs> and yet, I think that that is being willing to stay in that place of wonder with the people we engage with, and think about what is the question that might unlock that door. Or open that possibility. Now, I know that sometimes we also get all wrapped around about like, oh, but I've got to ask the perfect question. And and so then we get so stuck in what's the perfect question that we don't ask. So what are oh, I really have something. I, I really have something important to actually two points here. One, I want to highlight the questions I was asking myself in order to make that intervention, because coaches are doing that all the time but not so aware of it. And once we're aware of it, we can do it intentionally. So if I reverse engineer my behavior of speaking that question, I must have been asking what would make a difference for her? What what could help her shift her mood? What could help her own what she did? And I must have asked, am I really going to do this? And the answer was yes. So I, I, I highlight that because as coaches, we're asking ourselves questions all the time that lead to the interventions that we make. 
And the more we can be illuminate those questions, the better. Okay, so I'm going to put that aside. The but the question you actually asked me. So we never know the perfect question in advance. We can do a lot of work in crafting questions, about which I have a lot to say, but little time to say it. There are coaching schools that give out lists of questions. And what cracks me up about that is what questions do you ask yourself to choose which questions to ask? So there are questions, but you never know if it's, quote, the perfect question until you see how it lands and the impact of it. So I have a, a tip for coaches here, which which is that the question, let me see if I can get the right questions we ask. It's the impact of the question. So you ask yourself, what do I want my question to accomplish? Then our focus is on the client, not on how cool we are to come up with the perfect question. And it takes the stress out of it because we're thinking about the client, not about the question. What do I want my question, question to accomplish? accomplish? And what I love about that question is it's a design principle for questions. And it will change with every circumstance and every moment. Mm-hmm. But it keeps you intrinsically related to your client or to the meeting you're in. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a leader to what you, I mean, whoever is you're, you're with at that moment, but then you're looking at outcomes rather than getting it right. I hope everybody's hearing how multi-layered this is, that this is, you know, question thinking is the questions you're asking yourself about the questions that you're asking. It's about how leaders ask themselves questions about how they're going to engage or what they want people to think about. It's it's a tool that you can use with your clients and with yourself. I mean, this is multi-layered and, and with something that's multi-layered, it just keeps giving, right? It's just oh, an true. opportunity that however you dig in, it just opens up more possibility. And that's why it's so evergreen I'm sure that's why the book became a bestseller. I mean, it's not like I'm famous or anything, but it sold a gazillion copies in 24 languages at this point. Amazing. Yeah, it, it's very satisfying and makes me want more and more for more people to have advant- the advantage that this kind of thinking and these tools provide. It it makes it very doable. I think sometimes things feel so complicated that even if they make sense or even if they're like, oh, that's valuable, is it something that we can share, share Mm -hmm. easily, share um, so that we can get into the place where we're applying? And then I would say that this is a very usable tool that makes sense. So when we go back to underlying the importance of questions, asking mm-hmm. a question versus giving an answer, what would you say was sort of your underlying of the importance of questions versus answers? Questions open things up, answers close them down. Now, sometimes you want to close things down, like at the end right. of a meeting, you don't want to have questions that open up necessarily. Right. I'm not making right. that a, an absolute. Right. But um, it also makes a difference to know what kind of questions to ask in different phases of a coaching conversation or of a meeting. So 
because not all people think only open-ended questions are good, and that's not true. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're getting someone, if you're working with accountability, you may not want to have all open-ended questions. Right. The thing is, questions really do, I, I think they're like the keys to the kingdom. Because look what we do with questions. We create rapport and relationship. We learn things. We, we discover things about goals. We discover about limitations. We discover about possibilities. We uh, can go deeper and deeper to see what's going to support intrinsically and what's going to not. And that includes working with clients to be able to be more authentic and to use their voices in their lives. There's so many different ways. I worked with a team once for almost a year that was a very dysfunctional team. And all we did was layer the choice map into everything. And they were transformed. It, it was quite a fascinating experience for me, actually. And for them, I'm sure. Uh, another quote that I picked up from your book that I just have to share is that our life questions bring about better life answers. Mm-hmm. And it's just in general, when when we're, and it's about trusting, really trusting that the other person can meet us there. We don't have to fix anybody. We don't have to, you know, it's like, how are you inviting people into or opening doors or whatever? And, and, and the word was not inviting. You said it was some, but, but what are we doing to um, kind of meet them where they're at and, and use questions mm-hmm. to, to open up that possibility. And this map does a beautiful job. Yeah, and I, I want to add, and you summarize that very nicely. I want to add the word in respect because yes. it's very respectful to assume that people have what they need. They just don't have the key necessarily to retrieve it. And I think that's very respectful and very honoring. And also, pretty exciting for people to discover for themselves. Wow, I didn't know I knew that. Wow, I didn't know I could do that. And then to your point, we're that much more motivated, that much more invested, that much more likely to continue forward when when we have, when we're part of that. I mean, don't we all want to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Isn't that what coaches love? Isn't that what leaders love? Leaders know that part of their job is to help grow the people around them. Right. Well, that's why coaching skills are so important for leaders. Absolutely. I could literally like, oh, could we just continue to talk? Like, I know we only scheduled an hour, but let's talk for the day. As as I'm going to respect your time and respect the fact that um, we are getting to the end of at least this time. Maybe maybe I can get Marilee to come back again as, as we wrap up. Mm-hmm. And what is sort of any thoughts or summary that you would want to add and have our our listeners be thinking about regarding question thinking? Yeah, I'm going to just give you some quotes for people to possibly use as impetus. So the one I said, and I'll say it again, a question not asked is a door not opened. Then I'm going to add to that every question missed is a potential opportunity lost. And every question missed is a potential crisis waiting to happen. If you put it in a different context, I've worked in nuclear plants. Let me tell you, that one gets to them. And there too. 
And then also, because I know results are important to you, great results begin with great questions. So simple. And yet so rich. And so, so, so so rich. It has been an honor to introduce you to everyone, to bring your great work forward, and to challenge everybody to think about how am I opening myself up to the questions that are happening within me? How can I help other people raise their awareness of their questions? And then how can I meet them in a space of asking questions that once again, honor and respect what they're bringing to the table as well? Let's do honor, respect, and expand. So good. And this has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, once again, your uh, links to the website and to grab your own choice map are going to be in the show notes for this episode. Dr. Marilee Adams, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's really been fun. Did I not tell you that she was going to bring it and bring it? She certainly did. As a matter of fact, for my conversation in the Star Coach community, Dr. Adams was so generous that she wanted to continue to talk to me about how we engage with client emotions and then how we deal with our own emotions as coaches. So that information is in the Star Coach community. If you'd like to know more about the community, if you'd like to join our rich community that will help you put the pieces together and really bring your work forward in the way that the world is waiting for you to do, go to starcoachshow.com slash community starcoachshow.com slash community to explore the community. If you'd like to know more about Dr. Adams and the work that she does and uh, connect with the links that we're sharing for her, go to starcoachshow.com slash 365, starcoachshow.com slash 365. Now, I invite you back next week where I'm doing a solo episode around the loneliness pandemic that is happening across the United States, really across the world. It is a well-documented situation that has occurred and heightened since COVID, although it was really happening even before COVID. So I'm going to be looking at what is going on with the loneliness pandemic and are your clients lonely? What can you do to partner with them and help bridge that gap. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen, subscribe to the Star Coach YouTube channel, and until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others. We'll see you next week. <music>